folks, this is another episode of Product Innovation Show, and I'm here with Alex Jajero, who is originally from Belarus, where he did his business administration degree, and now he's a director of product at a company called Rike, which is a cloud-based collaborative work management platform for managing cross-functional work. Alex, thank you for coming. Great to have you on the show here. Hey, Sergey. Happy to be here. Yeah, let's do that. What are you excited about right now? What's going on? Ah, uh, well, good, good question. I recently got married, uh, so oh, I've been together with my with my girlfriend, right now wife, spouse for well for many years, and uh, we get married in May. Super excited. Basically, nothing has changed, but you know, still, it's uh, it's a kind of new new time for us. A lot uh, has was... changed. That's a big difference. Yeah. That's a change in status. <laughs> it's a change in status only. Yeah. Um, I also started my writing my own blog. Um, I've been thinking about, you know, doing that for, well, at least a year and, you know, I decided, you know, uh, it's better to do and start something than just, you know, to think about that. So I started that I write about BB SaaS, but probably going to expand to, you know, to other topics. I'm just writing, a um, a, a post an essay about the, my morning thinking practice, my new routine, which, which is amazing. Uh, so yeah. Well, so, so you write you write the B2B SaaS newsletter. You were doing that for some time. What's in it? Um, I write about strategy, you know, and different business model, and basically, you know, what's um, kind of the knowledge I have and I, I acquired through throughout the years. I, I write about that. Write about you know different differentiation tactics and basically how businesses can win uh, in in the market in you know competitive markets. What are the uh, what are the defensibility strategies and, and things like that? Harvard Business Review slash McKinsey, like these, <laughs> these types of things. <laughs> things like that, exactly. <laughs> and, what's, and what's the blog about? What are you, what are you uh, thinking about uh, doing with the blog? Um, well, it's, it's twofold. Firstly, again, you know, it's share knowledge. I think I have some, something to share, you know, with, with entrepreneurs, with, with product managers, uh, basically for them to become more successful. I know, you know, there are a lot, there is a lot of information on, uh, on the market, uh, but when you get kind of condensed, um, kind of, uh, info practical. In, in a set, practical info. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that can help, you know, a lot of businesses to, um, kind of to, to, uh, you know, uh, to reach the product market fit and scale. And, you know, ideally those businesses can, can bring value to the society that, that is amazing. And, you know, I said twofold and second purpose mm -hmm. is sort of, uh, kind of, um, uh, selfish. I just want to, you know, do a little bit, you know, of exposure of myself and, you know, tell the world, the world about myself. So, yeah. Uh, such an underestimated component of this personal branding. And, and it does sound super corny, what's personal brand, but it's not about that. It's about the influence and the impact that you could have on businesses and on people. And it's it's not necessarily that there's this association like, oh, I'm going to extract a lot of money from people and, and, and sell them something. But even if you exactly. do at a certain point, it's probably going to have better value than whatever is on the market right now. And those people who were your loyal followers will actually benefit from it. And why would you not spend 50, a hundred, a thousand dollars on something that makes perfect sense for you? Same as for example, a coaching program or, or a product management totally. course. Totally. Yeah. It's going to be free for now, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Uh, so, so you, um, 
I, you were how like let's talk about the differentiation part because that was in in my on, on my list of things to discuss like how do you look at differentiation in in general and uh, in, in general as a company and then maybe closer to the product product itself well very good question so um I think there are, there are two, we can break it down into categories. Uh, first one is, you know, differentiation and the competitive advantage you can build as a company and, and as a product work. And second one is the uh, long-term defensibility. So um, the first helps you become successful. And the second one basically helps you stay there and, and be successful for so many years, like, you know, like Facebook mm-hmm. uh, and, and some other companies have, have done, right? So for startups that, um, and companies that, you know, trying to win the market even before you know staying there uh, as a leader um it could be it could be many different things first is speed right you know many incumbents existing players they they have big big orgs you know uh a lot of processes and it typically you know hard to hard to ship new things fast startup can do that very quickly secondly uh if you have a unique team or unique expertise or you know cornered resource that could help you as well. Um, thirdly, there are different um, so different strategies. So, for instance, you know Michael Porter, uh, amazing uh, amazing resource for you know for strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he wrote about you know different uh, different basically tactics. So you can go horizontal. And for instance, right now there are, uh, there are so many horizontal, great horizontal businesses, and I think it's a great time to to launch some some vertical business, some vertical play. Uh, well, I have a lot of experience in B two B SaaS, so for instance, you know, vertical end to end B two B SaaS, and because you, uh, firstly, you better kind of address their needs, companies' needs, uh, than horizontal play, and because you uh, address the entire kind of job to be done, entire value chain uh, for for these businesses, for your customers. You, you can firstly uh, charge higher prices. Uh, it's it's much easier to to do marketing because your marketing is so focused on you know on this businesses on the exact problem, and uh, you can win or the um, uh, the horizontal kind of uh, systems horizontal solutions. And what's um, the difference, Alex? What's the difference in a, with with a vertical SaaS to yeah. to horizontal? Vertical is where you control the whole bits. Um, process. So, I, yeah, I think a good example um, is um, so for you know before for you know newsletter you probably could could be using I don't know Mailchimp, uh, WordPress, uh, some other you know patchwork of tools. Uh, right now you can use Substack or Medium, uh, which allows you to kind of address the entire job to be done that you have. You know, writing blog posts, sending emails, newsletters, uh, probably something else, and it it could be you know even more expensive uh, than you know Mailchimp, but also it, if you um, kind of combine the entire uh, kind of journey, the prices for yeah it, it, the the prices for you know so many tools, mm-hmm. it will be definitely way cheaper, and you also can do better marketing because you you know, tailor it to specific kind of you know customer and things like that. So instead uh, of you integrating, essentially, you have an email tool instead of you you spending resources on, which you probably still maybe should consider down the road, integrating it with other uh, API, with with using API with other tools, you instead build 
like some people do, like Medium, like you build all in one place. Like what would you need to do with email? Oh, I need to send it to these people. I need to do something else. And it's all built into one tool. Exactly. In that, way, exactly. In that sense. Exactly. Or, you know, a different example is Zoom that we're currently using right now yes. versus, you know, a different tool that we've been trying to to use before the call, Which but didn't, didn't work. work. We didn't work, but uh, that would be a good example as well, vertical versus horizontal. Right. And and how do you how do you make those choices as a startup when you don't have a lot of people, limited budget? You are, let's say you are looking to build a vertical tool. How do you like what do you how do you decide what to build first? And maybe you should start with a horizontal model first and then go into vertical. How do you think about that? Yeah, I think when you start a business, um, this is my opinion, you definitely want to start horizontal because you know, again, uh, the biggest challenge as a business you have is addressing the need better than the existing solutions. Uh, and also the marketing play, the distribution play is two different, it's two kind of difficult uh, challenges you need to solve. And with vertical um, solution, uh, it's way better to solve the distribution because, you know, again, you can target your customers way better than, than a horizontal tool when you're trying to, you know, spray and pray. Um, so that's, that's first. And I think it's super important um, to, to understand that um, you need to have some some secret sauce, some you know uh, we we call the differentiation or um, or you know secret feature that basically solves the customer problem better than than existing solutions because you always compete with the you know with something the customers are using right now. So for instance, for Ike, we've been competing with. You know, spreadsheets five years ago. Right now, we're competing more and more with you know to similar tools like Asana, Monday, I know, ClickUp, Smartsheet. And you know, when we were competing with uh, with Excel and spreadsheets, it was much easier because you know, Rike has has can offer you so many differentiation, so many value. Uh, then right now, you know, you basically compete with very similar tools that doesn't really don't really have any kind of differentiation there. How do you do that? Like, what do you do? Uh, I like Asana. I like Asana. I mean, I use Trello and Asana, and yeah. both are incredibly flexible tools. What do you, as a company, how do you think about that? Like, what do you, where do you take your product to uh, to compete, or maybe you don't compete? You try to uh, position your product in a slightly different space, saying, "Oh, we're not this. We're not this management tool. We are like a CRM for something else." Exactly. So I think. As a business, right, uh, we kind of use the land and expand strategy, which basically, like in every player on the market, we land kind of small teams and then we expand to the entire company, or at least you know to more, uh, more teams in the company. Um, and the way I think you know everybody is doing that is actually you know uh, landing vertical teams, so being vertical in a sense that we you know, have some differentiation. Everybody has some differentiation for specific team, for instance, marketing team, professional services team, uh, agencies. We have some, you know, cool features that help them automate their processes and, and be more efficient. And then, you know, we're trying to, to expand it into other departments to have a foothold into other uh, teams where we, have, where we can create value for those teams when, for instance, they use spreadsheets or some other tools. And the other, you know, um kind of um way uh we we grow we grow very fast is actually you know we land in a team and then when you uh, start collaborating with different teams 
uh, and with different departments, it, it in itself adds so much value because, you know, right now you're basically everyone is, is working in silos and, you know, in these joint tools. And when you have a single tool uh, to work as one, this is basically how uh, how we win our hearts of the customer. Of our how, customers. This is how you, get, how you get everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so what, what becomes important from, from a product management perspective, Alex, if you were to, let's say, look back at the time when you were competing with Excel, you did a set of things in product. How is it different now when you are competing with these big players that are more sophisticated players? What becomes more important or maybe less important in managing the product? Very good question. Um, and this is only kind of a perspective, but um, so again, you know, before it was super easy to win the business, uh, first because, you know, it's very easy to compete with spreadsheets. Uh, yes. Everybody, you know, use spreadsheets. And uh, if you add, you know, collaboration features, you know, some, some I don't know, management projects uh, at scale features and things like that, it, you know, it's very easy to win. Um, uh, win business right now the market is super competitive collaborative work management market is extremely competitive and you know we uh we need to and we have become and we need to be very smart about you know what moves do we uh do we do where do we invest allocate our resources and what is the next kind of uh big uh, acquisition you know channel be it partnership play be it you know a different uh, target segment uh, where we see opportunity to to acquire new new customers, and then we potentially you know build a product solution to uh, to actually you know close these customers. It definitely changed, uh, you know, when the market saturates. It definitely changes, but this also you know goes back to the uh, to the beginning of our conversation where we're discussing the differentiation, defensibility. So if you uh, in this in this level of competition, this competitive market. Ideally, uh, when you when you start growing, you build some sort of a defensibility, and there are basically only four of them, based on um, you know on many strategies. But you know they argue about the number, but it's typically four of them. So you know network effects, economies of scale, branding, and switching costs. So if you, for instance, why Oracle or NetSuite or other players are still on the market, even though their you know solutions are. Uh, could be considered as you know enterprise solutions, yeah, because you know it's so hard to to kind of uh, switch switch and you know go away from NetSuite because the entire enterprise is basically uh, kind of using that and all of the processes are um, are kind of uh, built on top of this this solutions. So ideally, to you know um, on, on a very high level of playbook, you grow as fast as as possible, super easy, right? You can. Yes. <laughs> there you guys you, have it. This is a secret sauce. You've yeah, been exactly. You've been doing it all wrong. And and then you you know just use one of the four you know defensibility tactics: branding, switching costs, economies of scale, network effects, and that's it. You know you've built a, a I don't know ten billion dollar business. That's it. So 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 essentially what you said, and I'll come back to this point in terms of, and we get the warning which we will ignore. Is um, in terms of you, for example, when you are competing with your product, like right with against more established players, you're not only looking at building the features, you are looking at more intensely at partnerships. You're more looking intensely at um, at highlighting a certain bigger things, bigger features, or more functionality that could work as a part of the ecosystem versus just the standalone things that make your tool a little bit better than Excel. So it's a little bit more, 
higher scale, bigger scale play. Right. You know, because building features, um, uh, and also, you know, um, a lot of companies just, you know, build features and doesn't really, you know, don't know what they're doing. Right. And, and it also, you know, goes back to the potential questions. Why do, why do product teams do not do any, uh, any research and discovery? Uh, but, uh, it definitely goes beyond, you know, just building features because basically, you know, to build a, you know, um, 10 billion, hundred billion dollar business, you need to be in a great market, you know, that is, uh, that is basically in a great lake that is pushing you forward and not, uh, uh, headwind to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, being a great market. Uh, definitely solve a, you know, uh, existing problem of the customer and then, you know, have an acquisition channel, distribution channel where, where you can acquire customers. Uh, again, you know, super easy, right? At least to yes. talk about that. Um, and, um, and in time to stay there, to, to, to win the market and to stay number one, you, you need to, to have some sort of defensibility for B2B SaaS. It's typically either switching costs or branding. You don't really, uh, don't really have network effects. At least a lot of them, probably Miro, um, X real time board, uh, they have network effects, but typically you don't. Uh, so you employ either, you know, switching costs or branding. what is it for Rike? What is it for Rike? How do you, how do you make sure that people, uh, have virtually can't leave you? And I'm saying virtually can't leave you as a quote, <laughs> quote but how, how do you get them? Yeah. Good question. So, um, it goes back to our kind of mission and the vision that we have to, you know, uh, all of the employees, uh, you know, ideally work as one in a company you know, work as one towards a single goal or, you know, set of goals of the company. Um, and the more uh, teams and departments we expand to in the company, the more sticky solution is. And, you know, we also kind of offer such um, such kind of features or solutions like, you know, automation, integrations, uh, and other things to basically increase the switching costs, but also, you know, not to make the product as, uh, I don't know, hard to use as, uh, as NetSuite or Oracle, but, you know, also mm -hmm. provide a, a very easy to use experience and intuitive, uh, solution. So it also kind of enjoyable and pleasant to use like Slack or, you know, other sort of consumer B2B tools. Right. So very, very usable across the company. And then will make people think about exactly. fight almost for exactly. with their managers for do exactly. not ever try to unsubscribe with yeah. From, from you right. try to move from Slack to Microsoft Teams and you'll see, you know, what kind oh of my uh, God. passion you want to see in, in customers' eyes. It, it, well, it's, to be it's, fair, it's, Microsoft Teams has an amazing um has a in my opinion, it has better kind of video conferencing tool than than for instance Zoom or Slack. But Slack is, you know, by far the um kind of the best uh, the best in terms of UX. But in terms of business, still Microsoft has won the market because they yes. had a better distribution channel, right? So it's again, it's not only about the product and sometimes the distribution uh is 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 much more important. Alex, real quick, uh, why when when you are building products, folks are building products, discovery is often overlooked. Why does that happen? Uh, I think it's a maybe million dollar question. Um, so firstly, you know, maybe, yeah, firstly, it's a company culture. So, you know, if, if the product managers, product teams have been doing it for uh for you know so many years in a one in a specific way it's very hard to switch and kind of to to do the change to the change management to do the things uh, in a different way 
Um, also, you know, the kind of not doing research and also it kind of ties to uh, connects to the question of outcome outcomes versus outputs. You know, outcome is one step sort of removed from what you do, right? You first kind of, you have an, an output and then you have an outcome if you're lucky or, in, if, you know, if you have done enough research. Mm -hmm. Then I think, you know, it also happens in big organizations when, um, when companies or at least, you know, in B2B SaaS, when companies have, you know, a lot of processes, a lot of, you know, stakeholders and different teams, for instance, sales, customer success that are actually waiting for you because you have committed to, to launch this and you have marketing launch uh, kind of, uh, on the, on the calendar, uh, you have committed to that. And it's very hard to kind of push the deadline, for instance, if you need to Calendars. change, if you exactly, if you uncovered some, some, some new insight when you've been, you know, beta testing this, so that could be, uh, as a reason as well, then, you know, sometimes PMs are being too tactical in a sense that, uh, you know, if, if scrum team, uh, if the. Uh, engineering team is not sort of self-sufficient uh, and they need some some help some tactical help to do scrum ceremonies or things like that then pm could be you know too tactical and he or she wouldn't be able to to allocate enough time to research because you know he or she also have this sort of burden or you know tactical things operational things that that they need to that they need to address um and you know i think it's also could be connected to, or at least I've, I've seen that could be connected to OKR framework because, you know, so you set up the goals, set the goals for the quarter, and then basically, you know, you you have this three months time frame when you need to release something, maybe to get some results, uh, but then, you know, in the next quarter, you have a different goals and maybe, you know, you don't really have enough time to uh, kind of address customers' feedback, you know, do additional research, and uh, kind of improve the um, your solution that you have shipped. Um, those probably, I don't know, things that I have on top of my head. There are probably more. <laughs> Maybe you know, PMs <laughs> don't do don't don't know how to do that. You know, don't have ha haven't read the Mom's Test uh, book, which is amazing. Uh, we'll link it. Yeah. We'll link it. Okay, sounds good. Oh, this is this is fantastic. We should should have actually asked you that question earlier, Alex. Real quick on on maybe a few a few uh, suggestions. What product managers, product directors should start doing tomorrow in the ne next week at the latest that they're not doing right now? Amazing question. I think you know for product leaders, um, there are three strategy books that I, you know, suggest to, to read to anyone. First, it's uh, Michael Porter, uh, Five, Five Forces. Uh, the other one is Hamil Hamilton Helmer's uh, Seven Powers. And the third one is Clay, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, the Innovator's Dilemma and Solution. I, I have forgot the name of the guy. Uh, but those three are, you know, the best, uh, the best research for strategy. Christensen, right? Christensen, yeah. Clay Christensen, exactly. Yeah. Um, those are amazing resources on strategy. Those are, you know, literally the three books that uh, I recommend to every every product leader or you know, every entrepreneur. Um, for OPMs, I think, you know, again, it goes back to what we discussed like five minutes ago. Discovery is super essential. You need to understand your customers, you need to talk to them, you need to have at least, you know, five calls for again for B2B. You need to have five calls with customers. You need to, you know, look into data. You need to be customer centric. Uh, there is 
overall, I think there is opportunity uh, in business, in in-market and uh, enterprise segments because there are so many incumbents and uh, they have sort of again, you know, incumbent solutions that probably don't have a you know an amazing UX. So you know, UX uh, and you know, building intuitive products that that is amazing. Uh, for instance, you know, Typeform they have so many. The market was saturated, but you know, the guys have launched the amazing business. You know, perfectly UX. Uh, you know, beautiful solution, easy to use, uh, enjoyable to use, right? And and they won the market. I think a year ago they reached the status of unicorn, uh, which whichever startup is trying to achieve, right? Um, so discovery, you know, talking to customers, doing market research, and you know, not only you know, when you do market research and competitive research, you not only you know look into what kind of features competitors do do do, do have or do not have. You also need to understand how how do you plan to win, right? And it's super essential uh, to kind of understand your current uh, business and product differentiation, how you're currently winning deals, and why you're building you know features and why you're checking boxes when you do this market you know competitive analysis. Well, there you guys have it. You have the books. You have the advice. You know how to do discovery a little bit better. Alex, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming.